0: Did you travel to Ireland as a couple in the past and now you want to take your kids? I'm speaking with Stephanie Chastain about their recent change from couples travel to family travel in Ireland. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today I have a repeat guest, and if you've done any online searches for Ireland vacation tips, you've probably come across Stephanie Chastain and her website Infinite Ireland. So Stephanie has been kind enough to join me today because she and her husband Joe have gone from being a... Couples travel experience to a family. And that, uh, has some changes. So I'm really excited to talk with Stephanie about the differences between couples travel to Ireland and family travel. So Stephanie, thank you so much for agreeing to join me today. I know that, you know, catching, catching you at a time when, you know, you don't have a a baby to worry about juggling can be a little tricky. It is, but, you know, um, this is totally worth it. I'm so glad to be here. And so just um, if you want to give people just kind of a little insight on you and how, you know, Ireland got to be so deeply embedded into, um, into your heart, and we can just kind of uh, give a little background on you. Sure. So my husband and I went to Ireland
1: um, uh, for – our honeymoon. So this was back in 2006 and it was actually my very, very first trip abroad. I had never been anywhere out of the country besides Canada. Um, uh, so it's that I lived actually kind of close to the Canadian border so to me that didn't really feel like much of a job. Um, but when we were planning for our honeymoon I had, you know, talked to my husband and I talked, yes, we wanted to do something international. Um, and So we an email popped up. I think it must have been around St. Patrick's Day or something um, about you know travel to Ireland. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's where we should go. with, you know, in my head, I thought you know, okay, it's a great first place to go. They speak English. Um, You know, there's a lot of similarities to the the U.S. culture, and so I didn't think it would be too difficult to travel. and so we went, and, uh, of course, the you know, the story from there is pretty easy, and I think a lot of people <laughs> have a similar one, is that, you know, you fall in love with the, the place and the people, and um, we just decided to go back. Um, I think two years later we were itching, you know, to go somewhere, and we just said, let's go back. And then the, then the next time we were itching to go somewhere the following year, we, let's, well, let's just go back. And so it kind of just became our place. Um, and so we've been back so many times. Um, since then it's been well it's what 2006 so we're on our coming up in 12 years here um and so we're pretty um pretty lucky to have have gone and, and really traveled quite a bit of ireland at this point
0: point. and it, it does just it kind of just crawls in and and takes a grip of your heart and it's one of those places that you know they they say i haven't seen it all yet and and you're just and uh, I have that passion to to go back and experience more. So you started a website called Infinite Ireland, and you have a pretty specific um, target for that website. Am I right? mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really geared towards first-time travelers to Ireland, first-time visitors to Ireland. A lot of people who maybe have never even traveled out of the country. Kind of like what I how I was. is my very <laughs> first time. Um, and so they really want you know, kind of all the details, all the information. I'm I'm very much a type A <laughs> planner. Um, and so I like to have, you know, all my ducks in a row. I like to know everything. And so um, I like to help people who are either in similar boat, like they like to be, you know, planners and travelers and they want to know kind of all the details, or, you know, they're just nervous about their first trip. And so um, I, I try to kind of guide uh, through the planning process and um you know and i try to do a little bit more my style for sure might be a little bit different than than some others in that like i love slow travel um i love helping people um you know really take their time through the country which means they might not see everything you know when they go there that first time Um, i try to help convince people that that's okay Uh, because it does Ireland takes a hold of your heart so that you know it's very likely that you might want to go back and so you can experience more kind of on that next trip. So yes um, kind of very specific audience but um, I, I hope it's helpful information that I I uh, put out there.
0: Well I know that that your articles are I mean you have so much detail and you go into things that you know I know I don't even go into. I know that every time you get back from a trip, you write down, here's what this trip cost. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'll give estimates or I'll say, you know, this one's a splurge, but I don't get into dollars and cents as much as you do. And so if people have, you know, they really want a really good, solid figure uh, for, for what a trip costs. I know you have loads of resources on that as well as everything else. It is, it is a great resource. But, no, you, but you recently had your own first, which was traveling <laughs> with your, what, he's just over a year now, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, he's 15, 15 months. Mm-hmm. So you're a young son, and it's been a long time since I have traveled with a child that age. You know, when when we started going to Ireland uh, with Brenna, she had just turned one, and then Kaylin went... Her first trip when she was about one, and then every year after that. Um, and you know, Brenna's 13 now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know she's got she's got as many stamps in her passport as her dad does almost. And um, but it's been a while since I've traveled with a little one, so I thought that it'd be really fun to talk with you about the differences between couple travel and family travel as well as uh, compare some notes and maybe give some tips for people who are traveling with younger children yeah that sounds great excellent so i suppose the very first question is what was the biggest difference that you had you know between couples travel with joe and travel as a family of three Uh, well i think i think i could think of a couple um
1: as far as you know what what was the number one thing might have been our mobility um you know what how far we could go or how much we could see potentially in one day um again we kind of like to travel a little bit slower than maybe um most people so uh so we aren't typically packing like absolutely everything in from like sun up to sundown um and on a trip anyway but even um even this time i was much more cognizant of uh alexander's schedule his his Sleep schedule during the day um, was. Uh, I really didn't want to mess with that too much because um, he had been sleeping through the night for so long and so well that I really didn't really want to. Uh, that was actually my number one fear about the whole thing uh, was screwing up his sleep schedule mm-hmm. so that we wouldn't have um, uh, n- nights of you know and right. hours of sleep anymore. So. Um, but uh, so when when we did get there and we did get adjusted just after a day or two, um, I was really aware of what his schedule was like. So I um, so we we packed a lot in during the time when he was awake, and we drove when the, during the time that he was asleep. Um, and so we were very strategic about how we moved about uh, the country, and um, it worked out just fine. Actually, I, my my fears were really unwarranted because. He slept fantastically um, in the night, and we were able to do quite a bit during the day. But um, I definitely was, you know, you got a kind of a third person to think about. Um, when it was just Joe and I, we were kind of loose and fancy free. Um, and so, uh, so definitely, we were. The mobility portion, for sure, was the thing that um, that I adjusted. And I know not as many. You don't. I know a lot of people who have traveled with little ones, um, maybe don't adjust it, but. Uh, or as much as maybe we would have, or we did. But um, I think it probably depends on how flexible your child is as well.
0: It really does. Um, The really great thing about traveling with a child that is so young is that they're very portable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if they do like to sleep in a car, if they, you know, relax in the car and their car seat is, you know, one of their favorite places it really does make it easy to you know kind of go from place to place and not have you know not have too much disruption so that's kind of a bonus if you have a child who is is adjusted well to uh, their car seat especially mm-hmm yeah and we brought, brought our own car seat so
1: that he was familiar with the car seat and kind of the he's very comfortable and sleeping in that going to you know my parents or my in-laws house um, so it was really nice when we did want to take kind of a longer drive. Um, he would be happy in the seat while we were driving and then eventually fall asleep. Um, and it was really nice. One, one evening we went for, for a nice long drive and kind of had a little picnic by uh, the beach um, while he sat in you know in the car seat. We were in the car as well, but um, it was nice because we had kind of the, the windows rolled down just a little bit. We could hear the ocean. We could watch the waves. Um, and it was just a, a nice little little evening for us um, while he, you know, he was in the back.
0: <laughs> now, I know that when I traveled with my girls when they were younger, um, vacation rentals like Airbnb or just holiday homes weren't quite as prevalent as they are now. And I know that with your slow travel, that is really your preference for mm-hmm. lodging. So mm-hmm. is, that, is that really what you just, you know, you just did vacation rentals on this trip or did you On this to...
1: trip. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So on, on this trip, we just did vacation rentals.
1: Typically, I, I like the in B&Bs too. I love the Irish b and I think it's the, one of the best experiences that you should um, have on a trip to Ireland. Um, but this time since. Uh, I was worried that you know I didn't know what the nights were going to be like. I didn't want my my baby <laughs> uh, being the one to keep everybody else in the B and B. So um, so we were really purposeful and picked uh, rentals that were child friendly. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one place that we stayed, it was out on the, the uh, out on the Dingle Peninsula, and it was the best place for a um, for a. For someone with a baby, um, the woman there, uh, the cottage that she had, she had all the supplies that you could want for, um, you know, a little one under a year. I mean, everything from, you know, a place like a changing pad and a place to change the cypher as well as like an activity mat and little bouncy horses and, you know, a high chair and a bottle warmer. I mean, she had everything, and, and it was just so perfect. Um, so you certainly can find those types of places. Um, the other places that we stayed were also very much child-friendly, um, you know, having a, a pack-and-play, or what's known, uh, if you're looking for one, um, if you see it, the word travel cot, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like a, a pack-and-play or, you know, a portable crib. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our places that uh, also we stayed had that, and they were also really accommodating um, with, you know, leaving out baby blankets and high chairs and, and, and that type of stuff, too, so um, you just kind of have to look for that. It's not like the, not all the places tend to advertise how, you know, kid-friendly they are.
0: Right. Now, and you said that a lot of the things that you needed were supplied at the cottages you stayed in and that you yeah. did take your car seat. Was there anything mm-hmm. else that you took along that you would say people should probably think about taking?
1: Um, yeah, there would be a couple. Um, so I liked the car seat. I like having my own car seat. Um, that was really nice. To have that opportunity, but you can, of course, rent from a car rental company as well. Um, there's actually even, I think, in Dublin Airport, there's even, like, a little um, kind of rental shop of, of different, yep. you know, baby items that you could um, grab other things as well, but um, the car seat was, was nice that we that we brought along. Um, I was, at the time, doing a mix of formula and breastfeeding, so um, we brought our own formula along uh, with us. Of course, there's, there's all sorts of different brands and kinds um, in Ireland, but um, they don't ha- necessarily have the same name brands as we do, and doing tons of research online, and we couldn't find the exact equivalent, um, and so I wasn't willing to, to uh, change up his, his diet during time that we're on vacation. If he's going to be, he was a spitter. <laughs> Anyways, he was sitting <laughs> up all over the place. For a good, like, nine months or so. Um, So I wasn't going to have any more fit (laughs) than we had to deal with because I was, you know, I was already used to being covered in it, but I didn't really feel like covering it anymore um, on vacation. So we did bring our own formula. Um, Definitely bringing um, a baby carrier, uh, like a a wearable Mm -hmm. um, carrier. That was fantastic, Um, really helpful because, strollers in Ireland don't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, Not unless say. you're
0: in the city. Yep.
1: Right. And even then it's kind of difficult because you've got people and you know, all sorts <laughs> of other things. So so it's, it was really, really nice to have um, the carrier, and he. we're lucky that he really uh, likes being kind of snuggled and, and in with us. But uh, I think those are kind of the big things that, you know, really I just wanted to make sure that we – had and we knew that was comfortable and and good Um, trying to think we also brought um, our backseat mirror Um, I'm sure you could pick these up in Ireland but probably not super easily Um, so that you know the mirror that attaches to the back of the um, like headrest um, that was really nice so that I could be up front still with Joe and we could still see you know Alexander in the back if he was asleep yet or,
0: or not right well, I know that uh, we actually did one trip by a stroller in Ireland just at a Tesco mm-hmm. because it was so wet. And I want to say this all was 2008, right. I think. It was just such a wet, wet and cold March. And the strollers in Ireland all come, you know, with the the rain. The, the, the rain, rain cover. cover. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was just so awful that we were just like, you know, we're going to go spend, you know, I think it was 40 or 50 uh, euro. And we just we had to because it was so mm-hmm. wet and miserable. And we ended up uh, the last B&B we stayed at. We said, would you like to have this for future guests? And, and they were happy to keep it. So, Oh yeah, that's great. But, yeah, that's that's one thing that we did not take because we normally wouldn't have used it either, but it was just such a wet time that we didn't go, we didn't do a lot of, um, hiking because Mm -hmm. of the weather. So we spent a lot more time in smaller towns and places like that. So, Mm -hmm. and so that was one helpful thing. We did bring, I should say that we actually did bring our, um,
1: and, and the, our car seat had the stroller kind of Mm attachment that you could like, we did bring that and we, um, only brought it out at the airport. Uh, which worked out kind of perfectly. It just stayed in the back of our trunk um, for the entire trip. But um, for the airport, it was really wonderful to have him in his car seat hooked into the stroller attachment. Um, we could stuff other things while we walked through the airport, and that actually worked out really well to have a place for him so we wouldn't have to be carrying him um, as well as all of our kind of carry-on stuff.
0: So what kind of changes other than, um, you know, maybe finding the family-friendly lodging and possibly slowing down or altering your itinerary, were there any other big changes that you noticed yourself making to, to kind of accommodate family travel a little more than you would have as a couple?
1: I think the amount of stuff that we brought would probably be the other kind of big thing. Um Because we don't—I'm not like a super light packer, but I'm not a heavy packer. We definitely try our best to kind of have one bag each, and then you know, like a backpack or some sort of day bag. And um, I found that I was as I was packing, we had three bags. One of them was like this huge, you know, suitcase, and it was mostly all of Alexander's things, of course, because we were taking some formula and we were taking some toys and you know that type of thing just to keep him entertained and. I didn't realize, you know, um, how much that would actually I'll add up to when we when we all you know packed it in those those suitcases. So I think, and I and I brought I it was kind of like going back to my first trip again, like not knowing how much was enough and you know how much was too much, and so I kind of just tended to pack everything just in case, and I really didn't need to pack you know a bunch of extra. You know, I don't know. toy. I think I probably right. packed a bunch of different toys that I just didn't need, just in case he needed entertained. Or you know, I was, I was really nervous, but um, but knowing uh, him now and even then, I would uh, I think it was just my nerve taking over. I and mean, he's a very easily entertained kid, so I probably didn't didn't need to do that. But um, but that was probably just the, the sheer amount of stuff <laughs> that we that we ended up taking.
0: Well, and a lot of the times traveling with with children, especially when they're young and not, you know, really able to vocalize what they want or need when you're flying, you never know if there's going to be a delay. You never know exactly what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. And it's so easy and smart to err on the side of caution, Mm -hmm. just, you know, just in case you have that delayed flight, you know, to make sure you have enough diapers to make sure you have enough formula to make sure you have, you know, a few different things to do. It's just it's just smart, even if it is extra stuff. So. Yeah, and
1: it it worked out. I mean, I I was happy to have it, so it worked out just fine. And that's why you you know you can check a bag, and it's no big deal. And you know you pick it up at the arrivals hall, and it's you know all good. It, it it really wasn't that big of a deal, but it was definitely a surprise, and definitely a shift from <laughs> from what what we how we usually travel. I could probably be packed and ready to go to Ireland in less than like. An hour if I needed to mm-hmm. so um, not I, I should say I used to be <laughs> um, and so I, I think I'm getting better I think this next trip will probably be uh, a little bit thinner on the luggage but um, certainly not like we used to
0: yeah it, it does get you know you get into the, that rhythm of packing and and going with the kids and it's absolutely yeah you're back to normal again yeah I, I think we're getting there I think we're getting there. <laughs> so I know that we've uh, kind of skipped over, you know, talking about the flight and I know that when we traveled, when the girls were little, we did take our own car seats and we actually, you know, bought a seat for the girls and put them in their car seats um, during the flight. Partially because it was comfortable for them to be in their car seats. They were strapped in, they were safe, we didn't have to worry Um, and partially for us because that's a long flight with a baby on your lap. But I know mm-hmm. that you actually did fly with Alexander as a lap baby. So how was that? <laughs> Surprisingly, it was
1: perfect. Um, and, and not perfect in, like, that's the definite way to go. But perfect as in it actually worked out wonderfully. And, again, I think it's probably because I have a very chill baby. Yeah. <laughs> um He's just a very good baby, so we didn't have too many, we didn't have any problems at all. He didn't make a peep the entire time, which oh, wow. I, we had people, you know, come up after us and said, what did you give your child? And we said, nothing, I swear. Um, but uh, I think it worked out really well because he um, does, he loves to fall asleep on us. Um, at the time, he was happy to be held. And so um, I would, um, it was an evening flight, so flights over to Island typically happen overnight. And um, so I nursed him, um, and he fell asleep. And he fell asleep kind of right on me. And then he was asleep for the entire trip. um, As as soon as the uh, the lights were down, he was out like a light. And we had and I waited until the end of until everybody else got off the airplane before I got up with him because he was still asleep. um, And you know walked off the plane and and into the um, into the customs hall. So it, it worked out just fine, and I would say certainly um, one thing that we were really lucky was that we flew Aer Lingus, and Aer Lingus does tend to um, move people around to adjust for families. So we and had a, somebody next to us, but they moved him to another spot. Same thing on the flight back, we had somebody next to us, but they moved him to another spot. So we had three seats um, each time, and. Um, so it did, while it didn't, I mean, the Alexander was still, we were still holding him, he was still on us, mm-hmm. um, it did allow us to kind of move around a little bit easier, put our things on one of the other seats, um, and so it, it, worked out just fine. I think it would have been a little bit more crammed, for sure, if we had, uh, they hadn't been able to move someone, mm-hmm. if the flight was entirely full, but, um, but it wasn't, so we were, we were lucky both times, um. So,
0: yeah, it worked out just fine, um, but you got to weigh the pros and cons for sure. Definitely, most definitely. So what would you say if, I know I, I receive a lot of questions from people about, you know, my child is so young, they're not going to remember this trip to Ireland, which I completely understand. I've, I've always been, you know, pro-travel with kids, and, you know, I believe that you, you know, you raise travelers. They aren't just kind of, you know. They, they don't mm-hmm. become travelers without you taking them places so that, you know, any any travel experience is a good travel experience and, and goes, you know, toward their their future travel ability. Um, mm-hmm. So what what now that you've done it with, you know, a little one, what would you say that would maybe, you know, set some people at ease of, you know, should I really take that young of a child, you know, to Ireland? Yeah.
1: I would say do it first. Um, that, that's like the easiest device to say, right? When, when, you,
0: when you when you're on the
1: other side um, and you experience it, and the nerves are all gone, and you know all that stuff. But because I was, I mean, I was very nervous. We um, to take him. I really wanted to make sure that we would have a good experience, that he would have a good experience, that you know we um, we would all enjoy being there together. Yes, he's not going to remember it, but um, but I, I do believe that, like you, um, that it does, uh, you know, starting him young and not just Ireland, but, you know, all over, you know, all over, you know, the U.S. and other places around the world, we really would love to um, raise him with this kind of cultural mindset. So, um, so we wanted to start early and, um, and especially, especially, especially if, your, you know, if your baby is on the not mobile stage yet, so they're not crawling, they're not walking. Um, that is the easiest time to travel with them. So, you know, just do it and, and um, you know, enjoy it because they won't be that easy ever again. I, I right. do, <laughs> I do believe that you know there is some challenges as they as they get mobile, but I, I think again the the uh, the benefits certainly outweigh those challenges. I think that the aha moments and the, um, you know, the experiences that that they have um, outweigh a a lot of the inconvenience that, you know, you
0: have um, on your,
1: from a parent's perspective.
0: Outweigh the inconvenience that you might think you're going to experience. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in all honesty, once, like you said, once you're on the other side of it and you look back, you're like, that really, you know, that wasn't. You know, it wasn't as bad as I feared, maybe.
1: No. And, and honestly, Joe and I, it's funny, my husband and I, we tend to, we rank our trips all the time. Um, we'll sit there and we'll rank like, which one was the best food trip and which one was the best fish trip? And then, you know, which, which is the best overall? And each time we go, we kind of re-rank them, re-rank them all. <laughs> and this one is really one of our most favorite trips that we've ever had. And it's truly because he was with us. He, he was, we were able to share this experience you know, with our son. So um, so it was something that we really enjoyed. It was really great to enjoy it with him. Oh, I
0: love that. That's excellent. So at the end of my podcast, I always kind of turn to the places you think people should visit. And with mm-hmm. this podcast, instead of, you know, kind of going for your general, you know, these are the places you should see in Ireland, I wanted to kind of change it a little bit to say, what places in Ireland do you think are really great when traveling with a child who, you know, as we've said, is not mobile, is not going to remember it, but are still going to be great experiences for the parents that aren't going to be difficult with a child? Does that that make sense?
1: It makes complete sense.
0: Driving is the very best way to experience everything Ireland has to offer. And that's why I'm excited to partner with Irish Car Rentals to provide unbeatable quotes for your Ireland vacation. When you're ready to book your car rental, visit irishcarrentals.com and use promotion code IFV for Ireland family vacations in the promotions box. Thanks so much for listening. Now, here come those recommended places to visit. So,
1: for one, like I can give you one example from this, this past trip um, that I just loved. So, the we were on the Dingle Peninsula for a, a little over a week for, for um, you know, a good portion of the trip. And um, we were basically exploring ins and outs of different things on the peninsula. One day we went into town and decided... Um, you know, let's try the Dingle Aquarium. It's a very small little aquarium. They've got, you know, you know, certainly fish in tanks and some penguins and some different things. And we thought this would be, you know, something that Alexander might really enjoy. And enjoy is probably not even the right word. He <laughs> loved it. Um, it was so great because, you know, um, when they're when they're that young, you know. Uh, The eyesight, you know, isn't actually at that point. They're they're pretty good, but the eyesight, you know, it it might not be the best. And so, when you go into that dark room and you see the the bright lights Mm -hmm. on all the fish, you know, flittering by, his the awe that was in his face. um, We've got some really great pictures of him just going, you know, mouth open and just watching the fish go by. And so. Um, you know, doing things like that that are, A, inside, so you don't have to worry about the weather or what is, you know, what, what's going on outside, if they're wet or whatever, um, but then, B, uh, that they, uh, you know, that they can see, that they can experience, that they can, you know, in, in some way, from some sense, enjoy what's going on. Um, so definitely, like, something like the Jingle Aquarium, there's other places, you know, around Ireland like that as well. Um, like, there's several different um like farms that you can go, like farms that are working mm-hmm. farms that they kind of open to visitors. Certainly, you know, a place where they could you know pet, you know, little baby uh lambs or, you know, rabbits or, or whatever. Um, you know, that type of thing if they're especially if they're a little bit older, um, is a great a great thing mm-hmm. to do. Um and then I think the other thing, uh, when particularly when they're really little is just beach you know the ocean it's certainly you know it's not going to be warm it's certainly not going to be your typical beach vacation but you know feeling the water I just remember Alexander kind of putting his hand in the water and just waiting for the waves to come flash up next to him and um, you know that's the kind of experiences that I think we'll always remember and of course show him pictures you know when he gets older but um, that that I know that he enjoyed
0: And those are both great. I mean, even as kids get older, I know that the girls and I went to the Dingle Aquarium, gosh, maybe four or five years ago. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they were still, you know, 10 or so, 10 and under. But it was still a great experience for them. They both really loved it. And, you know the beach, it's its kind of funny because that never goes away, right? The, right, the waves, right. And, <laughs> yeah. the waves mm-hmm. and the sand and the splashing, I don't think that ever, I don't think you ever outgrow that one. Now, I know that you have a fondness for a good whiskey tour. Did you do oh, any yeah. of those? Did you do any of those with Alexander? And did you find that, you know, that was an okay experience with Alexander? A little Mm -hmm. one or would you say maybe wait till they're older
1: we did so we did uh, the Dingle distillery so we did the Dingle whiskey tour Um, it is an okay thing it's not taboo in Ireland to take I mean it might sound taboo for sure um, to take a baby but the, the tour itself is actually truly just an educational tour about how they make the whiskey process and if you know anything about ireland you might think you know the, the drinking culture or you know alcohol or whatever that's a, a bit cliche in, in some in some respects for sure you know there's this there's, there's good crack everywhere um you know good there's a good time everywhere but um but the uh there is definitely a heritage to um the wheat and the malt and the um distilling and so uh, the distilling across ireland actually has had quite a bit of a boom in the last mm-hmm. couple of years that is, is continuing to grow um, and so we haven't done a ton of these even when we were just I don't really drink <laughs> much um, um, we have but well, we've done a couple of these you know just on our travels in general and um, so we, we went through the tour um, I obtained really from and actually now that I think about it, I think Joe did too um, from having the, the you get a complimentary drink at the end mm-hmm. Um um, but it was nice just to, uh, just to be there to experience it, uh, to hear their stories. The, the vibes always tend to be so much fun. Uh, they tend to have the best, um, you know, everything from stories to the childhood to stories about you know, the, you know, accidents that have happened or the funny accidents that have happened, you know, during the billing process at one time or another. So that's my like the thing, you know, it's like any other tour you're really going to learn rather than going to necessarily drink. Right. Um, so so not a problem at all. If you're interested, you are taking a kid, you can definitely do that. Um, at some point, at some age, certainly there's a conversation about, you know, what you're going to do and the alcohol and all of that stuff. But I was you know, a bit young for that kind of
0: conversation, so we didn't have to go there yet. Well, and I think, because I know that we've done uh, distillery tours with our girls, and I think that you probably have, you know, the age up to when they start really getting their legs under them, Mm -hmm. and then they're probably a little too restless for too long of a tour, and then Mm -hmm. they get to an age where they can, you know, they can stop and understand and enjoy it again. So I think that Mm -hmm. probably very young and then 10 and up. Mm-hmm. Is is kind of what the way I look at it. For that, I think.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Mhm. So, before I let you go, it's been so nice to talk to you. I feel like we don't get to talk hardly ever. Um, I know. But <laughs> but are there any final words of advice that you would give to somebody who you know maybe has younger children, and who is kind of on the fence about an Ireland vacation?
1: I would say definitely uh, do it, for one. And that's the first thing. Just, you know, take the leap and, you know, plan it. Start planning. And then, two, reach out. Uh, reach out to me. You know, Certainly ask questions, and I'm happy to, you know, field them via my experiences. Um, but also reach out to maybe places you'd like to stay um, or, uh, you know, uh, sites that you would like to see, see if there's, you know, accommodations for it, for your kids. Uh, I think having the information really makes you feel better prepared for the experience that you're going to have, and actually does better prepare you. So um, if you if you're if you're well armed with the information, then you're going to be able to have a, a good a good experience. Um, and and I think you will. I think you really will. Have a, a A wonderful experience it's definitely something I would recommend um, hands down if it's it's between you know going with your going with your little
0: one and not going at all definitely definitely (laughs) go with your little one excellent advice thank you Stephanie so much for taking the time to chat with me today Um, for you listeners all of the information that we've talked about is going to be in the show notes along with uh, the best way to contact Stephanie if you have questions. And, of course, I am always available for uh, questions on Ireland family travel as well. Thanks so much for listening.